0: hi everyone my name is Leah I'm an alcoholic um thank you John for asking me to speak last week um so I am also a newcomer today I have a week um I just had relapsed um after five months of sobriety for a day and I didn't have a sponsor so um no I got one the day after and um yeah I'm really (laughs) nervous I don't This is weird. Speaking on Zoom, I didn't really like Zoom during um, the pandemic. I decided to um, move away from where, from the Bay Area down to Orange County where they had like more meetings open and go into a sober living down there. Um, But my, yeah, so my story is a long one um, in and out of the rooms over the years and um, I guess what I could say is that, uh, you know, like we can't do this alone. I, and the, you know, the isolation of the pandemic um, showed that to me and um, just how much I've been running for my whole life. Um, it's, it's crazy because um, I'm just like basically starting over and... Um, you know, I've been coming to meetings for 23 years. Um, but I mean, it's never too late, right? Like (laughs) there's always hope and, um, thank God I'm still here. Um, so yeah, I mean, I basically picked up when I was 15 and, uh, or no 13 and, um, yeah, so it, it was a tough time, like through high school, um, just not really feeling like I had a lot of guidance, and I got in trouble um, a couple years later because um, I was I was always like sneaking out um, at lunch to you know go smoke and get high, and um, with you know finding my friends, and I, I don't know, like I I considered myself a good a good kid, like up until you know. I just had, I was bored, you know, I had, I didn't have supervision and, um, so that just led throughout my whole life. Basically, I, um, I don't know. I think what I, what I kept getting stuck on was thinking, oh, I have like all this trauma that I have to deal with or something. And, um, and, uh just, you know, feeling worse than everybody else, even in AA sometimes, you know? Um, so I mean, I, am so grateful that I found this sponsor though. Like I had asked her before and she's like, Oh, I have too many sponsors. But I mean, like I was in that like moment where I knew that I had to do something, you know, like it was a day after I'd gone out 'Cause I just I w I was doing all this writing, this journaling, like I was trying to like really like, you know, explore my thoughts and, you know, try to do this for stuff. I mean, I still always wanted to find a sponsor, but I was just like I hadn't I hadn't fun when I went back to my old one and just it fell off. Um and so Like luckily she was like, we just talked that night and then she's like, you know, let's meet on zoom the next day. And we started reading the book. And, um, so, um, yeah, I read the first step and like, now I just, I'm like, okay, I'm going to do the 90 meetings in 90 days. Just do that every day. And I mean, a lot of the problems that I had before in my life, you know, like are pretty much, not there it's just like accepting life on life's terms because i think i always like thought like my life wasn't good enough or something but it's like that's really what it comes down to is like you just getting through the day and like realizing like you gotta show up and that was that was why i, I relapsed because i was like talking myself out of um going to, I had just recently gotten to, um, different jobs, like within the same week. And I was like, Oh, I don't know if I can do both. And so I didn't show up and I felt terrible and thinking like, Oh, this was the better job. And, you know, I'm just, I'm working in a, in a restaurant still and like not having made progress, you know, in my education in life. I'm like, okay, well, this is where I'm at. Okay. Like I'm, I'm in this discomfort, this pain of still like living in the same place where I've been wanting to move and I'm like nothing's going to change and even if it doesn't change I mean like you know I have to stay sober to be able to just (laughs) I I don't know just you know that was the whole that's the whole miss team (laughs) I don't know what I'm trying to say that's what we're talking about here though (laughs) So, um, yeah, like now I'll reach out, like I'll speak in meetings and, um, I mean, cause I have to, I mean, this is for our life, basically. I, I mean, I guess I would go to meetings before when I was younger, trying to look for something else like excitement or like, you know, um, and just not really being connected with the sponsor and, um. You know, um, I think the fact that I did move around so much and not really feel like I was from somewhere, like I've lived here for eight years now and I'm like, and I've tried to move away several times. Cause I grew up in, up in Anchorage, Alaska, and then I moved to LA and, um, so they're all very different places. So, um, yeah, it's, I don't know how much time I have. I feel like i'm getting close is it two minutes um have so, got about um three and a half minutes left <laughs> see i never really talked this long this is like um i can write but i'm not a big talker so i um yeah i mean i've gone to programs like several times um and tried medication, and no medication, and and just yeah, I kept trying to like do, go off on the like, the spiritual tangent and like meditate, and like saw how lonely that got. So I'm glad that you know, like finally, like in AA, I know, like you guys are my people. Like I just have to um come here first and and now I'm glad you know what has changed too is because like instead of just like taking and you know it's like okay like what can you offer and it's like I need something to offer so like that's like where I got I got to start and like work on myself so that I actually do have something to give away and like help other people stay sober because we have all gone through like this tough you know whatever in our lives where, you know, we, we can't drink and we can't, you know, um, I would work in restaurants and feel, you know, so like it's right there in my face. So like, I think that I kind of like did make the, I mean, I shouldn't have relapsed, but like part of that decision to not go to that one job was because one had alcohol and one doesn't. And so I'm not going to be faced with that every day. Just like, I mean, I know people have to live with other alcoholics or whatever, but I, I tried to save like too many alcoholics when I couldn't even save myself before, like in relationships and just, you know, as a distraction basically, um, because yeah, like it's it's, I think, yeah, when one alcoholic can connect with another, like, that's where it all starts, because my family doesn't get this, you know, like, they're living their own lives, and just, have always known that I've had this problem, and um, it was kind of up to me to figure out how to deal with it, and so, I think that felt tough, but I I do still, you know, have my family's support, of course, Um, just, you know, it wasn't always like, you know, we don't (laughs) get exactly what we want we're, um, I don't know, needy or something, um, so what can I say, I don't know, I just, um, whenever you're done, it's, it's okay. okay. Oh, yeah, I think it's time to wrap it up, but um, oh. yeah, thanks, John, and I look forward to hearing um, Brandy, I believe, is the next speaker.
1: I'm an alcoholic and my name's Barbara D. And thank you for all my friends and thank you for the people that are here that maybe I'll get to meet in some of the meetings. And welcome to the newcomers. I'm glad you didn't pick up today. Um, for me, if I put, picked up, life could always get much worse. And um, I have a sobriety date, it's 7 I have a sponsor who has a sponsor. And I think I might make the Rockridge Wednesday meeting my home group. I'm not sure, Um, but I wanna do it a face-to-face meeting. And um, I don't give you my sobriety date because I wanna impress you. Um, So that I can say to myself that I have stayed sober through all the different things that have happened to me in this period of time. And there's, it's not been boring by any means. And um, when I came in the first time, I didn't get a sponsor. I hung around. I could quote the big book, and I had a sponsor that called herself not sponsor because she didn't sponsor. And um, you can see where this is going, right? And when I did my fourth step, it was like forty pages of resentment with no other columns. And um, so, hence, when we tried to do, you know, six and seven. I was scared to death that if God removed my character defects, I would become non-existent. There'd just be a pile of clothes. Cause I thought of myself as one huge defect. And I hadn't fit in, felt like I fit in in life since I was like seven years old. Even though I would pretend I did, you know, and and you can't see how tall I am, but I'm six one. And so when I drank, I felt short and like I could dance. Both things were not true, but you know, that, that worked for me and I could justify anything. Um, wine coolers in the morning because they had fruit particles in them. Not that I'm really drinking before five because, you know, they have fruit particles. Um, and my first experience with alcohol was there was this, I had this, we had this big jug of um, that, we were going to put alcohol in. And so, my friends, all of us that had horses, we went and got um, something from the liquor cabinet at home. And my grandmother had cream mint. And so, we brought it all back, and mine was the majority. So, everything tastes like cream mint. And we just poured it all in and mixed it. And someone had told us if we chew caraway seeds and we chew a lot of them and we suck on them and we really get the essence of caraway, that we won't throw up and we won't have a hangover. Now, When I threw up and I got a hangover, it it wasn't the alcohol. It was, we did something wrong with the caraway seeds and I'm never going to eat them again. And to this day, I can't eat them. Rye bread, just like, uh, right. But um, yeah, when I came in, um, I was very angry. Um, I didn't dress like a lady. I was uncomfortable being female. Um, Not that I wanted to be male, uh, just... The idea of wearing pink, that was one of my assignments from a sponsor. And I was just absolutely mortified. Um, I couldn't, it was like painful. And um, everything was about drama. Um, I couldn't think straight. I would justify my drinking. Like one time um, I was driving home and I got too tired to drive, so I pulled off on the side of the road. And when I lifted up my blanket, I was sitting in an old cemetery, abandoned cemetery with tombstones. And I would—I um, did a lip sync contest, and I didn't drink to prove I wasn't an alcoholic. You know, and I would just keep going on and on with these um, things. And when I came in the first time, I came in to show my brother how to stay sober. But since I didn't work the program, as it is written in the book or any of our literature, um, I didn't grow. And eventually I went out and nobody noticed. I think I used to go back to this one meeting when I got sober this time and always apologize for who I was when I got sober the first time because I was just obnoxious. And um, I haven't been there in a while. But um, So I went out for 10 years and I came back in with pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. And I would sit in the clubs and I would cry for at least the first 30 days. And um, I've cried a lot, you know, and I've been sober long enough, Leah, that I can, I've dealt with a lot of trauma. You know, I've had that opportunity, but I do it under the safety net of my sponsor. Um, When I got sober this time, my sponsor said, is there anything that I have, are you willing to do anything I've done as long as it's not illegal or immoral? in my sobriety, and I said yes. Are you willing to come to the meeting 15 minutes early and stay half an hour and get a commitment? Yes. Are you willing to wear a dress every Monday night? There's where we had our first problem. Um, It was amazing how many times I could forget it was Monday and I didn't have a dress on. And um, sometimes I'd just be, be me and I would show up with pants on underneath the dress or the skirt. And um, I was extremely brilliant at five years. And I thought, you know, I've got it together. I've been coming to this meeting on a regular basis. I'm in general service. Um, And they wanted to change my cake commitment. And I was like, wait, you can't do that. Nobody can cut cake and get it out as fast as me. I mean, my ego was so huge. And it was just unbelievable. And um, I thought it was brilliant, too. I was having a... I was separated from my husband and there were issues. So I had come to the meeting wearing, this was my home group, wearing a black hat, long black sleeves, black coat, I mean, black gloves, black everything. And I told my sponsor that I'll be back because I have to go break into the house to get something out of the safe. And my sponsor told me to sit down. And I really thought that was a good idea until like, you know, more than halfway through the meeting. No clue. That my mind was, you know, still, still out there, still wanting to, to live a life I didn't live anymore. And um, when I, when I came in this time, uh, I was, there were three women I was going to ask to sponsor me. And I chose um, the one that, you know, obviously the one that had the home group and everything. And one of the people that I was thinking about was this lady named Susie and I really liked what she had and um, I adore her to this day and she's my sponsee so uh, it was really awesome to have her back in my life Um, but she's my sponsee because she started going in and out and in and out and um, all we can do at least all I can do when my friends go in and out is love them and remind them um, that I love them even if they're not sober or clean. Uh, and so when I got, when I was drinking, I ran with a really bad crowd. And, um, you know, if everything on my four step was out there, um, I'd be in jails or institutions. But by the grace of God, I don't know what it was. It had to have been the grace of God. Uh, I didn't have to do that. You know, and those secrets, um, they stayed in when I did that first fourth step. I talked about just resentment. Um, there were things that weren't on it. that were on it this time because I couldn't trust anyone enough to put them on there. And... Um, I I learned in alcoholics anonymous what a blackout is. I had no idea what a blackout was. It, like when I'm driving on the freeway and I'm on the 57 in Orange County and I'm making that curve to transition and I suddenly wake up and I'm in the, I'm driving and I'm like how the hell did I get here? You guys taught me that was um, that was a problem and it was a blackout. Uh, and um I don't know why I'm saying and um tonight for some reason I am extremely Nervous, and I don't know why, because I'm not even standing in front of you guys. But the thing I liked about getting sober this time was I was desperate enough to listen. I was desperate enough to do what people said. And there was this lady at this one woman's meeting I used to go to, and God has a sense of humor with me. I absolutely had the hugest resentment against her. And because she was really anti-general service. And I was like, general service, general service, I'm yay. You know, I love being in general service. And making a difference for the alcoholic who stumbles in the dark around the corner. And for our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. And um, so whenever she would share, God would have her share something that I needed to hear that I could relate to. And this went on for years. And I've had different things like that in sobriety where my higher power has a sense of humor. And I believe that when I go past someone that's sleeping outside in the day in the blanket in their down jacket, that I believe there but for the grace of God go I. But, I mean, and I picked up the tools. If I had not chosen to pick up the tools and learn what the steps and the traditions are, I wouldn't be who I am today. And when I did my fourth step this, when I did my steps this time, I believed step two a little bit more, you know, that God could restore me to sanity, but I really didn't believe that step because until about, I don't know, about four years ago, I got some information about how my mother treated me. When I was nonverbal and in a high chair, and I realized I wasn't born born broken, and that's what I could when I could finally come to a true understanding, a belief that step two would apply to me. And I didn't, you know, I would, There were times when I wanted to drink, wanted to drink really badly, and I had heard in a meeting, actually a meeting I met uh, Wilson in. Someone had shared, there's a part in the big book that talks about the 16 stories. And it talks about alcohol being a mere nuisance. And if it was cancer, we'd get it taken out. So I didn't need to hit bottom like some of the people. The bottom came up to hit me. And as long as I can keep that in my mind, and then one day I realized, it said in the chapter, um, I get them mixed up, three or five, Drinking only at parties. If I can be an alcoholic and only drink at parties, then I'm definitely an alcoholic because that would not be enough. You know, so I keep these two things there in my head whenever I think, oh, just a little bit or just one. The obsession was there for a long time for me. And I would have pink clouds, but I didn't know how to stay on the pink cloud. I didn't know what, how I got there. And when I was working the steps, when I went through and we did um, um, step uh, four, I actually did the columns. And because I looked at not only my resentment, I looked at what my part is in it and what <clears throat> why I had that resentment. And usually for me, even today, It comes down to those things. It comes down to pride, fear, uh, esteem, um, financial security. It it comes pretty narrow. And you can, I can put most of my character defects into about all five of those that are on that page. There are some that aren't. But I learned that, like I was just sharing last night, false evidence appearing real, fear. False everything false evidence appearing real. And when I was sober the first time, it was F everything in run. I didn't, I didn't grow. I didn't connect with people. And this time it's face everything and recover. So when I get that fear, I reach out to people and ask them for help. Uh, Jessica can attribute to me calling when hysterical, even with this sobriety, um, this length of days. And, um, you know, sometimes she'll text me back, do you need me to call right now? I'm in a meeting, (laughs) you know, and that's neat because remember I mentioned that when I went out the first time, nobody noticed. And when I came back in, I did what other people did. I did what my sponsor did. And I became a part of the herd. And I became a part of, even though I could still go to a baseball game and feel alone, or I could still go to a meeting and feel alone and different. I I don't feel that way most of the time now. It's rare that I can go to a meeting and not feel like I belong. And that sense of belonging is something I cherish. And since I didn't feel like I belonged, until I was in my forties or fifties, it's a different feeling. And it's come to me through working the steps and the traditions. And for me, I believe that the traditions are what teach me how to get along with other people and get along at work. If I can just accept that the group conscience is what makes this meeting be what it is and what the things are it does and the rules and regulations. If I can sit back and look at how my office functions and think, okay, it's God conscious. This is, I wasn't part of the vote, but you know what? Maybe this is what God wants. So just back down, Barbara D. Um, don't, don't challenge anybody. And usually what happens is a day or so will follow, go pass. And then I'm no longer upset or, you know, nine hours later. Uh, Since I you're can't... speaking till, uh, eight 55, 30 minutes. Okay. Thank you. Um, That's what I was talking about. Oh, well. Um, Oh, traditions and them at work. So they helped me not only in general service, but they helped me in living life. I don't think my program, I don't think I'd be as happy as I I am today if I hadn't gone through the traditions. And Pamela that's here, uh, her and her husband, late husband, were my service sponsors. And um, if I didn't like the answer one gave me, I'd call the other one. But what I loved about them is they were in service. They could answer questions for me. And most of the time they answered them the same. And I loved going to her house um, because we would have a book study where people would bring out all the historical stuff about, you know, this story, that story, who they're talking about. And AA came alive for me. The first 163 pages came alive and it made it a more beautiful program for me. If that, I don't know if that makes sense. Um, and I can't believe I'm speechless. This is really weird. Um, so I mentioned that I was a part of and I was starting to feel I belonged on occasion. And now I feel that way. All the, most of the time, and rarely do I feel I'm not a part of. And I mentioned that when I went out, nobody noticed. And um, I know this was not part of God's plan, but, I mean, I guess, well, I don't know. Anyway, I got, in sobriety, I learned to ride a dirt bike. And then the forest said, well, if you want to go and, uh, patrol the rest of the forest, you need to get your street license. So I got a dual sport in my 40s and then somebody turned left in front of me and um, I crashed into them. And I was, I code blueed I was broken bones, I was lacerated spleen and kidney. Um, the the guy, who saved, the guy who started my heart back up and was there on my team was one of us. And I, he used to think he used to, he prayed for me a lot. He said, I didn't think your brain was going to be there when you woke up because it wasn't there for a while. And, um, but I got it back. But the magic of the whole thing was people kept coming to visit me. I had one friend that was there every morning when I woke up or at least once a day. And I had a group of women come that my current sponsor, who I used to be terrified of, she's my current sponsor now, she brought a meeting to my house when I got out of the hospital before I went back in. And, uh, she, it it said, um, she handed out these little napkins that said, be still and know that I'm God, or she mentioned it or something. And I didn't really connect with it at all. And when I went back into the hospital and people were bringing meetings still to me, um, when I went back in for my, my another surgery, right before I got on the elevator, be still and know that I am God was painted on the wall of this hospital. And I felt safe. It didn't mean I wasn't panicking about the IV, but part of me felt really safe and I, and I felt like I'm gonna be okay. And I was okay. And being a part of everything, everybody, all the people that showed up, was huge because I still doubted that there was anything lovable about me for a long time, even after the accident. But what's neat is I have finally come to the, to the place where I, I believe I'm lovable. I can wake up in the morning and actually say I love you in the mirror and not feel like it's a lie. Or I can say you're lovable and believe it. But that's taken a lot of work. I was taking a lot of four steps, a lot of crying. And one thing my sponsor told me when I got here this time was when I was working on my four step, oh my God, it was forever long because she had so many questions. I thought I'm never going to get through it. She said, you do not have my permission to read any of it until you're sitting in front of me. So I never replayed all that garbage in one day alone. If I had read my four step as I was and, and, re, and put it back in me, all that garbage, I, would, I don't think I could have stayed sober. And when I read it to her, I, can, I was on yellow carpet, the sun was shining in the house, and we did the third step prayer on our knees. And it wasn't scary. It was kind of scary to tell some of my secrets, but it wasn't scary to do the third step. And then she gave me a directive, even though she's not my sponsor anymore, cause I went back to school. Um, she, she told me that if I'm ever gonna speak, I have to go get on my knees and say the third step prayer until I don't have a good idea about what I'm gonna say. And tonight I almost forgot to do that, but I try and do that because I try to keep my ego out of the way. And my friends that are here can tell me after the meeting if I'm full of shit or if I was honest, right? And, uh, I, I think they would all have an interesting comment response to that. But, um, I love them, you know, and I'm part of the herd, but still my nature is to not be part of the herd because I came up here in September and I just avoided your meetings. I just went to meetings in Southern California and go to any up here online. Every once in a while I would. And then I asked some guy in general service up here, um, you know, if I could go to a general service meeting. Well, I did that. And then for whatever reason, he kept me in mind and sent me an email when they started going face-to-face. And that's how I met John. And um, I am studying for a state exam and I can be really squirrely when I study and isolate. And so I made a commitment to my sponsor. You know, She wants me to go to like three meetings a week. Um, Probably not going to happen, but I did make a commitment to going to Rockridge Fellowship every Wednesday. And maybe I'll fit a woman's meeting in there somewhere when they go face to face. So right now I'm doing the Friday night and the Wednesday night, and I need to do that. And I didn't realize how bad I needed to do it until I started doing it. That's the thing about Alcoholics Anonymous. That's what, you know, took me out the first time. I didn't know it was helpful anymore. And I knew that going to meetings around here would be helpful. It's just for me at this point, I need the face-to-face. My first face-to-face was in Tahoe on New Year's Day. And I can do Zoom, but it's not the same. And it's a good thing for everybody when I'm listening to the speaker, because I'm the one that laughs at all all these sorts of things that just like nobody else laughs at. Sometimes. (laughs) I laugh with them, but somebody will laugh with me. But I enjoy life now. And I still see it from a different pair of glasses than everybody else. But I enjoy life. And when I went back, when I've been here this time, I went to nursing school. And uh, my character defects were not gone. And I made some mistakes and that resulted in me not getting to go back. But it also resulted in me having a breakdown at seven years of sobriety, But I got to dig deeper into some of that stuff that I didn't want to look at. And then I went back to school, did it for a very long time, and God willing, I will have the first of two tests um, passed on December 22nd. And what's cool about Alcoholics Anonymous is they taught me that I can eat any elephant one bite at a time. I, you know, that's how I went to school. That's how I'm doing the studying. That's how I do my sobriety. When tough stuff hits, I don't, I try not to look at the whole picture, but I've also got my tribe here that will remind me, you know, bring me back into the present, the here and now. Because I still will go into the past and feel some guilt or I'll future trip and I'll get all anxious. But I try not to do that. I think I'm better at it than I used to be. And we talk about it. Having a spiritual fitness. I believe that I can keep myself. Spiritually fit. In the in the Airbnb I'm living in now. And I hope that I do that. Because my favorite two drinks. Are on the kitchen counters here. And I have not been tempted to drink them. One time I thought I wanted to smell one and I got on the phone real quick and um, called some people and ratted myself out. That's one thing that's good about me is I'm I'm pretty good at telling on myself. For me, coming up here was to take a trip, not take a trip when I took the job up here. So I took the trip and I'm up here I don't know if I ran away, but I know what I'm doing here is part of my future, and it's getting things that I need that I couldn't get when I was down there in Southern California. So what I'm doing instead of giving up is I'm looking. I try to look at prob, I try to look at problems as something that need to be solved. If I'm not feeling right, I need to go work with an alcoholic. I remember one time I went into a meeting. And um, this particular gentleman in this morning meeting who's very tall, I don't, I had issues with him when I first got sober. And I, we were reading the book and I said, well, I came this morning because I needed to get something out of the meeting. And he goes, no, it's about working with another alcoholic. And um, he took me, we sat outside and, and he showed me in the book, because he's a real good book thumper, showed me where it said, work with another alcoholic, that's what I need to do. And every time I've ever done that, I feel better. If if I go to a meeting and give my phone numbers to women or take their phone numbers and call them, I feel better. I don't know if they do. Some don't call me back and that's not on me. Uh, Some of my friends though, not the group here, uh, just like people in meetings, Sometimes I can call 10 of them or text 10 of them and I won't get a response back. But it doesn't mean I now believe it it doesn't have to do with me. I'm not taking things as personal as I used to. Um, And when I find myself taking it personal, that's usually when I get most of my resentments, is um, I need to step back and kind of look at the situation for what it really is. Um, i mentioned that I did a series of, of four steps and I have, and what was interesting was when I told one of my previous sponsors that I want to do a four step on relationships, she sent me to Al-Anon and I worked the steps there and I didn't get the guy. I thought I did, but I didn't get him. I was dating him. He wasn't dating me. Um, so that's the standard joke between us. And, um, but what I got was I got my daughter back. My daughter that I abused and did the same mental games that my mother did to me. We talk almost every day. She loves me. And the thing that's even weirder is her husband said that I have a good heart. And when he said that, I was like, what? no, not me. He thinks I have a good heart. And I took that into my soul. And I think I do. But what was most important was he said, well, because I'm I'm afraid of being, I have a deep fear of being homeless, because my mother was homeless at 60. And I had to take care of her for a while. Um, I had that deep fear. I bought this Necklace that I have to remind myself I'll never be homeless because I can always sell it for food, um, but I don't have that fear as deep as I used to. Especially since the step two came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. I'm able to solve the problems. I'm able to, you know, fix them. Well, some of them. I got in an accident on July fourth, and they don't have the parts to the car and I've run out of rental insurance. So now I get to pay for a rental car until they get the first set of parts to know what the other parts are they need, or if it's total. And my friends have been very caring and loving when I call and bitch about that. Um, and you know, eventually I get back into the present moment, right here and now. I'm in a meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous. All my bills are paid, most of them. Um, I have food, I have a place to live. I have a vehicle, I have a job for the first time in my life that I love and a boss that I love beyond 90 days. I worked for the county for 15 years. <clears throat> I don't think I liked it after the first 90 days. And that sense of entitlement, oh my goodness, thank goodness for sobriety and forced fifth steps because you all, everybody owed me that I worked for after about 90 days and- Five minutes. Five minutes, okay. Um, what's amazing is I used to not I couldn't possibly make it to 90 days without having days off lots of them in my first 90 days of employment I didn't see anything wrong with that and I also didn't think anybody cared if I came to work or not but because it's not so all about me now I'm able to see if I don't show up at work what a disaster that caused for everybody else And that's a gift to the program to not be just all about me. Um, I can still get caught up in that, but I have my dog to practice on, my dog to practice loving, caring, being concerned with. And as I grow my dog's relationship and I grow and um, he's a much happier dog as a result of my growth. And I thank you very much, John for inviting me because I thought, I think you know enough about me that you would be comfortable, you were comfortable asking me to speak. And I consider that an honor because I'm not who I used to be and I don't suffer like I used to. And I'm really glad there were people here today so we could have a meeting and um, get together, even if I can't be in Hawaii. Um, But I'm glad. And so thank you guys. Thank you so much for listening.